Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are 48 days away from the 2023 NFL Draft. And Rick, we got a trade. This is with the first pick, the CBS Sports NFL Draft Podcast. Simulcast with Pick 6 Podcast, if you're listening on the old podcast feed. So thanks for for checking in with us here. This is the first official emergency podcast for with the first pick. And, <laughs> and there may the, be plenty more to come. And there may be plenty more to come. It is Friday, 6.15 p.m. Eastern time, uh, about a half hour or so after the trade went down. And the trade we're talking about, Rick, the old Bears traded down to number nine. The Colts have made a move from number nine all the way up to number one. And the Bears are getting... That ninth pick, the 61st pick, a first-round pick in 2024, a second-round pick in 2025, and wide receiver DJ Moore. That is a huge draft haul. What are your initial reactions to both sides of this deal? Yeah, no, I think when you look at this and why it happened, and we talked about it on the previous podcast, that I was always a little hesitant about pulling the trigger this early because there's a lot of time between now and then, and they have to have their guy. There's four quarterbacks. There's been a lot of speculation. They didn't want to take the risk of not getting the guy that they really coveted. So they have to have out of those four, there's one specific guy that they definitely want. I think Frank Wright and the uh, new coaching staff down there spent a lot of time on the quarterbacks at the Combine, did a lot of film work. Uh, I'm sure that they had a lot of meetings with these kids already. So if you're willing to pull the trigger that early or or as early as this one, then they have to have all their ducks in a row on the player that they want. By the way, I was, I was so excited to get into this podcast. It's the Panthers who traded for number nine, not the Colts. So let's be clear. Colts are four. In case you check, if you want to check your latest mock draft, the Colts are four. The, the Panthers were nine. Yeah. The Raiders are seven. The Panthers owner David Tepper hasn't had a great track record with trading for or uh, acquiring free agents through the quarterback route the last few years. So the Panthers, Charlotte, North Carolina, are up at number one. So you made your point, and you're right. You talked about that last podcast. In fact, it was Thursday, if you're listening, how uh, you were always a little nervous about doing it so far out. We are 49 days out. And in terms of the draft hall, it feels like an A-plus-plus for the Bears. Yeah, it's an A++ if they capitalize on the players that they choose with these draft picks. That's and it's funny you say that because I did I scribbled some quick notes. I was just on HQ talking about this in 2021, and you said you were at the Zach Wilson Pro Day when this trade went down, when the 49ers traded yeah. up from 12 to number three, and they had to give up a 2021 first, a 2022 first, a 2023 first for the opportunity to get Trey Lance. And those picks, those first-round picks they gave away eventually became Micah Parsons, Cole Strange and Channing Tindall. 
And you could argue quite easily that those three players or even one of those players has been millions of miles better than Trey Lance because he hasn't played. And that's the risk, right? Yep. And that's the risk you take. And you're taking a real little bit of risk now between now and when the draft comes, hopefully whoever their player is, they're going to wrap him up in a bubble. Um, <laughs> but the question I have, Ryan, is me and you are going to get ready to do a little quarterback pro day tour and going to see all four of these quarterbacks throw live. Now the question I have is if Carolina has their eyes set on one quarterback, now they have the number one overall pick. They're not going to trade that. You know that. They just traded it to get it. <laughs> but they may say, hey, we don't want you to work out with anyone. We don't uh -huh. risk, risk injury. So one of these quarterbacks that we're scheduled to go see here in a couple of weeks may not work out. So we have to uh, definitely monitor that because that'll be a sure sign that if that quarterback is not working out, that's who the Carolina Panthers are going after. So I was texting with a source earlier in the week who, who was suggesting that there was going to be some trades happening. Uh, Carolina was in the conversation. The Texans were in the conversation as well. And then I had another source text me today a few hours ago saying Carolina is getting in the old uh, move up machine because they, they're going and they went. So I was, I was surprised to actually see it happen um, this quickly. Now, do you want to take a guess on, on who some of these quarterback, these teams want to be eyeballing a quarterback with? Let's, let's start with Carolina. Yeah. Well, I, I think with Carolina, I'm, I'm going to guess uh, that it was my QB1B, which okay. would be CJ Stroud. It could be um, Bryce Young, uh, but I can't see him trading up for a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson. So it has to definitely be one of those two. Yeah, my league source thought it was Bryce or CJ. So uh, I also heard that the Texans were all in on Bryce. So let me ask you this. If you're sitting there as Nick Casera, the, the GM of the Texans at number two, you've just been leapfrogged, if that's the right way to say that, by the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, other people say leapfrogged, but leapfrogged is fine. <laughs> That's how we say it in North Carolina. If you're leapfrogged by the Carolina Panthers <laughs> and you don't have any information outside of your building, how nervous are you that you might miss out on Bryce Young if assuming he's your he's the guy that you want? Well, now it's kind of you got a pit in your stomach, and I would be sick to my stomach. And if I was if I were uh Ryan Pace, I would have made sure I called Houston. Ryan Poles. I would have called uh, the Indianapolis Colts. I would have called the Las Vegas Raiders. And I would say, hey, we're getting ready to pull the trigger with the Carolina Panthers. Mm. This is the asking price for you moving up to our spot. But Carolina had to pay a premium because they're coming up the farthest. So I don't think there's any way any of those other teams would have matched that price, plus throwing in a young receiver that I think is an excellent receiver that's going to help the Bears immediately uh, and give Justin Fields more weapons on the offensive side of the ball. So I can understand why Chicago can make those calls, but I could also understand why none of those teams were going to be willing to match that because they didn't have to move up as far as Carolina. So I make the same mistake you do. Ryan Poles is now the GM in, in Chicago. I call him Ryan Pace, too. You got to quit oh, hiring Poles. these. Well, you yeah. said it yesterday, so I we need sure to start did. working on name 
names. If I said Jeff Golf one more time, <laughs> I was on a show the other day and I did make sure that it was Jared Golf. I think the issue is they've got to quit naming all these people Ryan. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, so by the inaction, what I'm hearing from you is that the Houston Texans could have loved Bryce Young to death, but not enough to overpay for him. Is that what I'm hearing? Right. Well, I don't see how they could have matched what Carolina right. did. You know, but on the Chicago side of it, it's like, okay, we're going down to number nine now. So they must still feel pretty good about the type of player they can get at number nine. But well, let's talk about think, that in just one yeah, second. I, I, I want to look at these odds real quick that Debo has if you're watching on YouTube. Now for the first overall pick. So the odds are favoring C.J. Stroud at minus 250. So the odds are, are with Rick Spielman in terms of your 1B as the most likely candidate. I was just talking to Pete Prisco on CBS Sports HQ. And tell me what you think about this. He says, I can't envision a Frank Reich team going for a small quarterback. So C.J. is where he was leaning as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I'm going to say I'm leaning C.J. as well, as we talked about earlier. And probably the cherry on top or the icing on a cake or whatever analogy <laughs> that you want to make is that workout and how he threw so well at the combine. Uh -huh. We talked about this earlier on podcasts that Bryce Young was the only quarterback that did not throw at the combine. And all of a sudden, C.J. Stroud was nipping at his heels as to be the number one chosen quarterback. And we had mentioned that and talked about that a little bit. Now I think um, we may uh, be onto something that it is C.J. Stroud. And, uh, you know, as Mr. Spielman, you always say, when I roll the ball out there, you better compete. Yeah, you never and know. He, you you asked Bryce Young about that when we had the interview with him, and you guys have a relationship, and he answered very honestly and said he never had a plan to. And I'm sure his agent and he both understood that when he's 5'10 and an eighth and 204 and standing next to those guys out there, it looks different, even though the results are oftentimes better when Bryce is the guy throwing the football. But, you know, perception is a hard thing to overcome sometimes, and maybe that's what they were thinking, and I get that. So the, the rest of those odds, Bryce was still number two. Then Anthony Richardson above Will, Will, uh, Will Levis. And it'll be interesting to see if either – Will Levis or Anthony Richardson make a move? I don't think they do. You sort of hinted at you would have been shocked if Will Levis ends up being the guy. I think that would be asking a bit too much based on what we saw last year, even though physically he checks every box. But now let's go to nine, and you just touched on this earlier, where the Bears currently find themselves. They don't need a wide receiver at nine because they just got DJ Moore. They have Chase Claypool. They could take Quentin Johnston or Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers or whomever if they wanted to, but it feels like to me nope. – Absolutely not. They will, they will go defense. <laughs> I was going to say, Here but wait a second. What if all the offensive tackles are still on the board? And let me preface ah, this. Guys, let me preface this by saying this, and then you can answer. Uh, Prisco just mentioned this on HQ. Free agency, they have a lot of money, and maybe they get an offensive tackle in free agency and then think about defense. Rick uh, Spielman, general manager, what are you doing? I'm waiting to see, and that's a uh, actually Pete made a great point. What? And as, as hard as that is for me to say, he did. <laughs> because – with all that money and free agency, it'll be interesting to see what needs they fill. And by the time we get to the draft, we're going to know what they have done in free agency. And it'll be pretty easy to determine which direction they're going to go once it's free. And with all these teams, you know, we're speculating with all these mock drafts. and But none of the teams have hit free agency yet. And we don't know how they're going to fill their needs in free agency. So once we start putting that piece of the puzzle together... Uh, it'll be a lot clearer on the potential direction these guys will, uh, any team that we talk about will go in the draft.
Okay, let's assume they, they address the tackle position and, and free agency, and then you're sitting there at nine, and you have your choice of Miles Murphy, Lucas Van Ness, and heck, we'll even say Tyree Wilson because they're concerns about the foot. Who do you want at number nine if you're the Chicago Bears? Uh, I would probably go, considering everybody's healthy, Yeah, I would go uh, probably Tyree Wilson if everything was healthy and everybody was on an even playing field. No, not knowing the psychological testing and all the background stuff, but right. he has the one with the most upside uh, to, I think, continue to ascend as a uh, significant player. And I'll ask you this, and then we'll we'll talk about the picks in between picks one and nine and, and what those teams are now looking at. But at pick nine, if you're the general manager, you probably don't want to go any further down than nine. That feels about like the edge of the sweet spot, right? Yeah, you. that's what you're trying to determine. And what you're also trying to determine if you have, let's say, you like in your scenario, you filled your offensive line need by going out and spending money on Orlando Brown, who's probably the best offensive lineman available out there and maybe the best unrestricted free agent available. So you got that box checked. Now you got to understand who's below you at 10. And let's say you move down to 15. You better understand what the needs of those players or of those teams uh, are, what they may be taking in the draft, anticipating what they're going to take in the draft, and then lose your guy that you don't want to lose. And by the way, at 10 are the Eagles. And as you pointed out numerous times, they need a lot of help on the defensive line. So you would be playing a risky game of poker should you decide to trade down from nine if you were trying to get one of these edge rushers. Or even, I don't know if Jalen Carter falls that far, something miraculous would have to happen. But I would imagine under zero circumstances, if he's a, a green circle instead of a red circle on your board, you are not leaving nine without Jalen Carter. No. Or if he if you pass him by, and let's say you move down, I will bet you a dollar, if we can get our dollar bets going again, that if Jalen Carter is at 10th, there's no way the Philadelphia Eagles pass him up. Oh, that's right. Here, let's do a quick dollar, another dollar bet that I did with Pete. You can get in on this one and tell you what, what, what you think about it. I think I have an idea. Pete was whinging on HQ that he thought the Bears, um, excuse me, the Panthers overreacted. And if they wait a year, they could get Caleb Williams or Drake May. And I said, Pete, I will bet you a dollar that the first three years that Bryce Young will have a better career than than Caleb Williams. You want in on that? Yes, I will take Bryce Young any day of the week. Oh, we agree. Sorry, we'll, we'll get Pete for $2 on that. All right, let's take a quick break. And we'll be back in a second to talk about picks two through eight. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. All right, we talked about what the Texans might be thinking now at two. Do you just do whatever's best left over quarterback wise at two, or are you just hoping CJ you get Bryce? Or are you going to go in a completely different direction? Take Will Anderson, for example. Well, I would, 
they they have to get a quarterback unless they're going to try to tank again. But knowing D'Amico Ryans, <laughs> he's not going to tank. He's going to want to go out there and, and try to win every game possible, especially when you've seen all the success that these first-year coaches had had. Um, right. You know, and Dable was what? He ended up being the uh, coach of the year. But with Doug Peterson, he, uh, he did. Kevin O'Connell did in Minnesota. Um, there was a lot of successful first-time head coaches this year. So I imagine D'Amico Ryans, knowing his competitiveness uh, as a player and as a coach, that he was going to, he's going to try to go out there and win every game he possibly can. So they're not going to tank and wait another year. They'll lose their fan base. They'll lose sponsors, everything. So you better be uh, in love if it's not Bryce and CJ falls to you then you better be in love with them. And if you're not, then you're going to be stuck. And then you're going to be sitting there and, you know, be pretty disappointed you didn't get the guy that you wanted. So if you're in like with C.J. Stroud, for example, you still have to take him is what you're saying? Well, if everything checks the boxes, because you're going to go back and you're going to have meetings with the ownership. You're going to have rewatch every snap each of these quarterbacks made. Um, maybe they trade down and say, I don't feel like taking Bryce Young here. Maybe I'll move and let's say Indianapolis wants to trade, which would be an interdivision trade, right. kind of like what uh, Detroit, Minnesota did last year when Detroit went up and got Jamison Williams, the receiver from uh, Alabama. So I don't know if that would happen. I don't know if Chris Ballard's that type of GM that thinks he's a little bit older school built, you know, and he's done a phenomenal job putting that team together. But if they switch and then I can say, well, I can get quarterback at number four that I would want if I'm excited about two and four, unless, you know, then you got to worry about someone like Vegas jumping up into three. So let's say you are Chris Ballard with Arizona. Let's say you are Chris Ballard at four. You've seen everything that unfolds. You're, have your division rival at two in Houston. And just for the sake of argument, let's say Bryce isn't your guy. Assuming Bryce goes first. It may not even matter because we don't know who's going first. What's your thought process if your owner, hypothetically, is desperate to get a quarterback? Well, it's an interesting conversation tonight because I called <laughs> my owner. I just say, guess what? Carolina just popped up and they have the number one overall pick. I, I can, I can – Guarantee you the first question out of the owner's mouth. Now what? And you What's your start, answer? Well, you better start doing your research and you better <laughs> say, this is what we think and this is what our plan is going to be because yeah, that's boy. the first question that's going to come out of uh, the ownership's mouth. So, you know, you made this point a couple times, Rick, that you don't like trading up this early in the process, but if you know it's going to be an arms race to the top, does that change your thinking, especially if your owner is desperate for a quarterback? Yeah, that puts a little bit more pressure on you doing something earlier yeah. uh, than you normally would, and it's for a quarterback. I don't know if you would do this for any other position but a quarterback. So they're going to get, and we talked about it. Somewhat, there's Chicago was sitting in a catbird seat. Now, if if it was last year's draft, Chicago would still be sitting at looking at the number one overall pick. That's but right because of the quality of the four quarterbacks and especially the top two. Um, they hit it the lottery because they got the number one overall pick. Houston gave them that, which is ironic. <laughs> <Right>. and, <yeah. laughs> 
a uh, a farewell gift from Lovey Smith. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. And uh, and and so I don't think Chicago. It's laid out perfectly for the Chicago Bears. Now they just got to take advantage of it. You know, it's funny talking about last year. I remember leading up to the Senior Bowl, I was talking to someone in the Jaguars organization. And they said, man, I hope these quarterbacks have a great week because we do not want to stay put where we are. And to your point, they had – Kenny Pickett was okay. Malik Willis was okay. Desmond Ritter was okay. But certainly not enough to to move uh, heaven and earth for some team to move up because only one quarterback went, and that was until 20th. All right, let's talk about the Seahawks quickly. They're at five, and we've sort of gone back and forth, whether it's an edge rusher, whether it's a Jalen Carter if he's there. Brady Quinn mentioned this. Josh Edwards had this in his mock draft. Any thought about Anthony Richardson here at five, even if Will Levis is still available? Um, well, that would make it a very interesting draft, and we would have a lot to talk about on draft night because then well, you yeah. hit it though. They they embrace uniqueness. That's what you like to say. That yeah, I just can't see them passing up um a Jalen Carter there because I think he's that, you know, and like I said, they are a team that's more lenient towards off-field issues or some character concerns because of the uh, systems and, and the organization and how they handle all those guys. Uh, but I can I cannot see them potentially doing that. I think if Jalen Carter's there, it's Jalen Carter all the way. And then I think they worry about it next year. And then, of course, sitting there at seven, Las Vegas Raiders, they need a quarterback desperately. At no all the way. They are got to go out and sign a veteran quarterback in this uh, UFA market. And and that's what I was going to say. We haven't talked about Jimmy Garoppolo. Derek Carr's gone. Eric Rodgers may be on his way to New York for the Jets. We don't know that. But Jimmy Garoppolo might be best-case scenario for him because he's sitting pretty. He's going to be in demand now. I don't think the Colts would go back down that road. They've gone down that no. road too many times and gotten burned. But it might be a situation where Jimmy Garoppolo knows Josh McDaniels from their time together in New England. He's a smart guy. He doesn't lose games for you. And he – on some level, maybe he's an upgrade over Derek Carr. I don't know if he is. He might be the same guy. But is, is that where you're looking now? I think they have to go Jimmy G. Uh, because if you draft, let's say, Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, I don't think either of them are ready to be starters their rookie year. I think CJ and, and Bryce are. I don't think those two would be. I don't think Stidham. I, th I don't know if they re-signed him or they're going to re-sign him because he's familiar with the system as an ideal backup. So if they have Jimmy G and they have Stenham as their in their quarterback room, they may wait and get a quarterback the following year. Would you, if you're the Raiders, sign Jimmy G and then draft Will Levis? I think it depends on who's on the board there. I think that's a those are all debates in those meetings yeah. that uh, you're having with your coaches um, and how strong they feel about Jimmy G how strong they feel about Stidham. Um, but if you have Jimmy G, what's the length of the contract? Are they doing a, a short-term deal similar to what Geno Smith did? Um, you know, Stidham's just a backup, um, but he can go in and he actually played better than I thought he would when he went in there and finished the season after uh, they, they uh, benched Derek Carr. So I can I don't know if they had those two in the room uh, and signed under contract uh, if they don't go best player on that board and then try to circle back the following year. So if I'm Mark Davis and I come to you and you're Josh McDaniels and I say, listen, is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be able to beat Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Russell Wilson? What, what's your answer to that? 
I don't want that response. (laughs) Well, Mr. Davis. (laughs) You excuse yourself to the bathroom and you don't return? Is that what I'm hearing? Jimmy G knows our system. I can make him a very efficient quarterback. He would be better than he was in San Francisco. So I am putting my job on the line to say yes. Oh, no. You said that in the same tone that you say, I respect your work, and I think you work very hard. So that's very concerning. Yeah, get your I still have right. my uh, cue cards here, but I haven't <laughs> had to use them yet. By the way, Debo put together this list of number number one overall picks traded, uh, going all the way back to 67. But um, the most recent one was 2016, when the Titans and Rams swapped picks, and Rams went up to number one to get Jared Goff. Was the Jared Goff pit? Was that a success? I think it was. He got him to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Is that Am, am I not mistaken? You're right. Uh, and then he kind of fell out of favor and then they went and got Stafford. Um, but I think it was a success because he got into the Super Bowl. Then for some reason, he kind of fell off the cliff a little bit and then he goes to Detroit and now he is, uh, humming pretty good. He is playing it in that system and that scheme. Uh, he's a reason, you know, why they were so more much more productive on the offensive side of the ball along with some of the additions that they made there and they got a very good offensive line so yep. uh, i would say that you know you want your number one overall pick though if you want to be honest with you it's peyton mannings that are going to be a future hall of famer and hopefully win in multiple super bowls um but he hasn't done he's gotten to the super bowl but he hasn't won one yet so well prior to that 2004 eli manning peyton's brother was Held out with the, that weird situation with the Chargers. They ended up sending him to the Giants. Uh, that worked out. He's certainly not nearly the quarterback his brother is, but he does have two Super Bowls to his credit. The uh, yeah, season- they said that about my brother and me. They said that Chris wasn't nearly the linebacker that I was, <laughs> <laughs> although he went on and had a much better career than I did. <laughs> you you guys are both incredibly tough. I will give you that. Some of the stories who, I've heard. Who, yeah, you're the GM. Who are you picking, Chris or Rick, on your team? I'm 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 drafting you both in the first round. I'm trading up for both of you. And you're you only fit- get one pick. We we put you on the spot on the uh, set uh, when we were at the combine, and everybody says now I'm one B. That's like asking me which which son do I love more. I love you equally. Okay. <laughs> don't don't Thanks, ever Dad. don't yeah. ever do that to me again, Rick. Uh, by the way, yeah. so 2004 was Eli Manning. Let me ask you about this name because this is an interesting name. And putting aside the. The, the issues off the field with the, the you know, the dogfighting and all that, but just on the field, 2001, uh, the Falcons traded for Michael Vick. Was he, because he had a long career. He went to prison, served his time, came back, played for the Eagles, played for the Steelers for a little bit, uh, had a good run in Atlanta, sort of changed the way the quarterback position was played. Was he worth the first overall pick? Uh, he, he changed the game because right. I remember he was probably the first athletic quarterback um, that just, that, that no one could defend. Um, and so he was to me, I, I'm, unless I'm missing someone and I apologize if I do, but I think he was the first true quarter modern day quarterback, like we're seeing today. Uh, and that was Michael Vick. I remember scouting him at, uh, Virginia tech, but I think people are going to measure the first overall pick, whether it's a success or not, uh, based on the super bowls that you won. And so some people may be just say, hey, he was number one overall pick. He was a quarterback. They didn't win a Super Bowl. So it was uh, not 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 worth it. And um, we'll end on this because, you you know, Frank Reich, you know, Jim Caldwell. 
that coaching staff is stacked, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And whether it's CJ or Bryce or whomever, this team should be better because they finished the season strong last year with Steve White. Uh, Steve uh, Wilkes, excuse me, went six and six. The expectations could be pretty high. I'm talking like 500 or better because you play 17 games here and, and maybe sniffing around the playoffs. Is that too much to ask? No, because I thought they, with what they had last year, and they have a very good defense, they have a young defense, they've got a good offensive line, they ran the ball very well last year. So I'm going to say that, and I know we still got a ways to go, but I'm going to say right now what we know today, and that'll change, that the Carolina Panthers have a really, really good chance of winning the NFC South next year. So Derek Carr signed with the Saints recently, and the Saints are currently the favorites if you're watching here on YouTube. They're plus 120, but right behind them, the Carolina Panthers are plus 300, followed by the Falcons and then <laughs> the lowly Buccaneers somehow. All right, it's March 10th as we're doing this podcast. Rick, who is the first overall pick? And I'll tell you mine. C.J. Stroud. I'll go Bryce just to mix it up, but I, I'm not married to Bryce based on the, the things we've talked about here. That's hard for me. I know that it is. very hard for me. So I, I, I get it. I understand. And we're not holding you to it. We just want to be on record for, for March 10th minutes. So, uh, so if I, if it is right, it's not on record. I'll go on record and say it's going to be CJ Stroud. Okay. There you go. Fair enough. And Debo will erase this if you're wrong. Uh, and then uh, is that a dollar? Okay. Let's do a dollar. I, I think it's, I think it is CJ. And that's what the odds, that's what Vegas thinks too right now. He's minus money, but I'm going to go with Bryce. Uh, everyone's selling him short. And with great irony, Pete hates short people. I don't get that, but whatever. Uh, I think Bryce is going to be great, but I think CJ would be great as well. We, we've we talked about this before. He, he's He's been a great interview, and I think he's been more impressive in person than even watching him play. But that's it for the first official with the first pick emergency podcast. It's a big one. The Panthers trade up from nine to number one. The Bears move down, get a ton of draft picks, including DJ Moore. Um, this is crazy town and it's a lot of fun and rick you have none of the stress of having to be in the front office and deal with it so that's good for you and if you're watching uh or listening via pick six hey it's me ryan wilson i'll be on pick six next week so check that out uh in the meantime for rick for debo the producer it is me and we'll be back next week monday for another with the first pick podcast thank you guys a very bright shining light Sarajevo and they needed to kill that light from producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2 U2 they represent a personification of our resistance the Hollywood reporter hails kiss the future moving and inspirational kiss the future viva Sarajevo kiss the future new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus go to Paramount Plus to try it free terms apply